Hello, everyone. Uh, thank you for joining this Sims and Simmons Restructuring in Special Situations podcast. I'm joined by my colleagues, uh, Christopher Krantz, who is a uh, restructuring lawyer in Germany, um, Amelie Gorf, who is a restructuring uh, lawyer in France, Nigel Pereira, in uh, restructuring lawyer in Singapore, and Andrea Brennan in Ireland. Uh, <clears throat> this podcast was born out of the Insol special report on prepacks, which was published last month. The special report focuses on prepacks, which as listeners will know is a transaction, uh, the terms of which are negotiated and finalised prior to the formal commencement of an insolvency proceeding, which is entered into and takes effect immediately thereafter. Um, they're controversial tools, um, principally due to the, the perceived lack of transparency of the, of the procedure. So in the UK, at least, until we had the new restructuring plan procedure, which was a development that came out of COVID, prepacks were used as a tool to clean up non-critical unsecured creditors and shareholders. And we typically see in uh, in transactions with more complicated financing structures that we would use a scheme of arrangement to effectively uh, get through consents uh, via the, the finance documents. But the loan to own or debt for equity element of the transaction where uh, that the lenders then took ownership of the uh, of the business was executed by a prepack where effectively uh, an administrator would be appointed uh, and, and transfer the shares in the group to the lenders who would, who would effectively bid their debt. Now, now we've got the um, restructuring tool, the restructuring plan, the limitation of the scheme, which was really around needing um, every class uh, to approve the proposed uh, plan has, has, has been eliminated uh, because in a restructuring plan you can cross-class cram down so it's possible to achieve the same outcome of a debt for equity swap uh, with a plan by including shareholders and unsecured creditors as uh, classes um, and if they don't vote in favour you can use the cram down procedure. So this is a, a sort of creates a bit of a debate in the UK at least around whether you, you know you need prepacks because um, the problem with prepacks, as I said, is transparency. Um, restructuring plans, of course, are court-based. Uh, there is full transparency to all affected creditors, uh, which would seem to overcome many of the challenges with a prepack. So the question we were asking ourselves, having all, all sort of contributed to the, uh, the, the Intel publication, was um, whilst we've outlined what a prepack is, perhaps, uh, it, you know, is there a future for them? Um, and so what, what, uh, what, what I'd like to do is just sort of take, take a whistle-stop tour around um, the jurisdictions that we have represented today, uh, really to answer the question of, you know, what trends are we seeing in terms of the use of prepacks and local restructuring procedures? And, and, and is there a role for prepacks in, in your jurisdiction in the future? Um, Christopher, may I start with you? Absolutely. Thank you very much, Ben. Um, and I, I, I do really think there there is a still a future for prepacks in Germany. Um, I think I have to start by saying that we in Germany we do not really have the term prepack or we do not use it that much. What we have is um, a proceeding which we call a, um, a transferring restructuring. So in German it's übertragende Sanierung, literally it translates into a transferring restructuring, and that resembles, I would say, a, a prepack as you would understand it in the UK. Um, the way it works is you file for insolvency, so there's no out of court initiation, and then. Um, the insolvency administrator, office holder, or the management, if there's a debtor in possession proceeding, uh, which we call self-administration, 
is in place, they set up a marketing process for the business as a whole um, and try to find a buyer in a competitive market process. And that is, of course, um, safeguarded by um, the involvement of the court. Um, the insolvency administrator has to be strictly neutral in Germany, so there's no pre-involvement of an insolvency administrator. It has to be a neutral officer of the court. Um, and you've got what we call a creditors committee. So there is a committee formed by lenders, formed by all sorts of different creditors, which is set up by the court and which controls or supervises what the insolvency administrator does or does not do within the marketing process. So in the end, the um, we, we do not really have a debate in Germany that prepack sales or transferring restructurings could be problematic that much. So it's it is still... Um, the most important, and if you just look at the numbers, by far the most relevant rescue proceeding in Germany. And I'm pretty sure there's going to be a future for it. Um, and I'm pretty sure it's it, it's going to remain um, remain like that. Of course, we now have a very sophisticated new tools like a Starrock proceeding, um, which um, gives the debtor a little bit more power over the process and which um, basically uh, um, allows for a debt restructuring. However, there are certain things you can only do in an insolvency process, and that is in particular in particular cherry picking with regards to contracts, um, setting up the um, the uh, the sale as you want it, as the investor wants it, for for instance, um, and terminating contracts, and that's in particular not possible in in a Starrick proceeding. So maybe just a couple of words to the trends we're seeing. Um, in particular, Starrick numbers going up now. Um, they were still at a very low low end in the last um, two years since we have the proceedings. So we're probably talking about 45 or 50 live cases, which we saw. But numbers are now taking up and even more prominent examples are now entering the scene. Um, very big companies using using the Starac. So it is to be seen how the Starac places itself. But it's in my view is it's not going to completely erase the so the prepack sale in Germany, that's still going to matter very much in the future. Well, thanks, Christopher. It sounds very much like um, a sort of the, the similar um, position in, in the UK in that regard. Um, Andrew, would you mind um, sort of updating us on in, in, in your thoughts on, uh, on the position in Ireland? Yeah, um, I think we're a little bit different to the UK and, and Germany in that, I mean, the way I would associate prepack prepacks in Ireland is they tend to be used where um, it's not a formal insolvency process, but rather it's just an enforcement where a receiver um, is appointed and that person can be a receiver or manager over the assets and they, they in essence, um, but they won't get appointed. There'll be all the pre-planning in advance and then um, with or without the debtor's cooperation, depending, but usually with the debtor's cooperation. And it's where then the, the receiver is appointed and the sale happens pretty quickly thereafter to to a pre um, um, pre identified buyer and not necessarily the the lender in a in a loan to own scenario. So, I think in Ireland the pre packs tend to happen where it's it's creditor led, where there's a secured creditor who's there who wants to take the assets out, who wants to realise value, um, and and take enforcement action, and the debtor decides to cooperate with that to try and maximise the value realised. Um, and again, that creditor doesn't mind that you know all the secured 
creditors or certain contracts um, uh, entered pre-receivership are left back in the shell of the company and that's there for the directors and that debtor to deal with, you know, um, probably by way of an insolvent winding up or, or in a lot of cases where it simply gets struck off the register because it's in, in essence abandoned following the pre-pack sale. Um, so what I would say is I, I don't see, well, I, what, what we do see in Ireland is an increased use in restructuring procedure, procedures. And I think that that's a positive thing. And I think that's to do with awareness as well as the fact that we have new restructuring procedures brought in. Obviously, we have a well-established examinership route that, that has been there for, for many years and is quite successful. But there has been a new restructuring process introduced called the Small Companies Administrative Administration Rescue Process, so known as SCARP, and that's um, an out-of-court um, process in the main, which is in essence very, very similar to examinership, and that has only been recently introduced and has um, has actually seen um, a massive increase in, in the last few months. So that has been seen as something that, that debtors are going out and using. And scheme of arrangements, which traditionally hadn't been used a lot in Ireland in the last number of years, we've seen an, an increase in that. So I think in a lot of ways, there will always be the role of prepacks in Ireland because I think sometimes secure creditors will just, um, will, will, will be pushing that agenda. And if a debtor hasn't taken action early enough in terms of doing proprietary work around a protective restructuring process, um, I think that they, they may end up seeing themselves um, having no option but to, to go along with, with a prepack by way of a receivership appointment. Um, but I do think there will be more of these restructuring plans and I think secured creditors will come to see the benefits in it as well. Um, I don't think we have as much of the the loan-to-own um, appetite here in Ireland, but I suspect that will change with, with, with new people, new entries into the market um, in terms of lending and that. So I do think there will always be a role for pre-packs, but I do see the trend in Ireland is you know, debtors are becoming more aware of their options and seeing the benefits of using a form of restructuring or insolvency process to um, to re restructure and reorganize their business and come out the other side um, or come out with uh, less risk and liability facing into them as directors of a company that may have gone through one of those, those pre-pack sales. Brilliant. Th thanks ever so much, Andrea. Um, Emily, the, the position in France, obviously, you've had the safeguard for, for, for many years now. Um, how, how do you perceive um, the sort of question of you know, trends in, in, in sort of use of prepacks and uh, and the safeguard to achieve the same end? Sure, um, I think it's actually quite interesting. We're we're a bit, I think, closer to um, what Andrea just uh, described. Um, in France, we have um, a different perspective on restructuring plan, in that there's um, a difference between whether you're your out of court or in court proceedings. And whether PREPAC is actually really interesting in France is that we, uh, French law implemented a system allowing the debtor to take control of its um, anticipated restructuring with enough time and ahead of any real difficulties. And so allowing him to benefit from a court scrutiny, anticipate negotiations with creditors, before actually entering any formal insolvency proceeding to um, implement the pre-back sale. So um, it's actually um, a two-time process, which starts with the opening of confidential out-of-court proceedings um, with a kind of a receiver, um, a 
judicial representative appointed as usually a conciliator um, who will assist personally the debtor in um, looking out for, for bidders and finding, finding bidders to actually uh, buy part or all of the business. Um, and once this process is actually done, so this is in a very time limited process uh, since it can only last a few months. Um, once it's done and the debtor had, has had the chance to uh, actually negotiate with the creditors, um, noting that he cannot, the debtor would not be able to force anything upon the creditors in a situation, in an out of court conciliation situation, um, then the, the conciliator and the debtor um, will turn toward an insolvency proceeding. And so the debtor will petition the court to open, usually it can be any kind of insolvency proceeding, I mean, receivership proceedings or liquidation proceeding. But more recently, and we've seen that with the recent implementation of um, the latest EU insolvency uh, directive, um, an accelerated safeguard proceeding, uh, which is a, a very time limited insolvency proceeding whereby, and it's interesting because it's an insolvency proceeding, but usually the debtor seeking petitioning the court to have um, a safeguard, an accelerated safeguard proceeding open must not be insolvent for more than 45 days. Um, so it, it means that it's a very fast paced proceedings. Um, and what you benefit from is actually uh, the chance to have the bid you propose to the court once you petition for the opening of that proceeding to be the most favored bid, uh, meaning that you'd had had the chance to negotiate with your creditors, to set out a plan that most of your creditors would accept. And once it's done, you can petition the court, have this proceeding open, and the court will then have a very short uh, time frame uh, to receive public bids. Um, but this would be, again, um, limited. And so the preferred option would then be the one that you had negotiated confidentially out of court beforehand. Um, so really in France, I'm guessing we're seeing uh, a trend in uh, the multiplication of prepacks, and hopefully it's going to uh, increase over the past, uh, over, the, over the next few years um, with the, um, the recent proposal, a di new directive proposal from the EU Commission um, that we've we've seen uh, by the end of uh, 2022, whereby the EU Commission actually um, introduced a concept of uh, integrated, EU integrated prepacks uh, that are actually quite similar to what, what we have under French law right now. Uh, and so which would allow the debtor to um, draft a, an asset sale plan, a business sale plan in two times out of court insolvency proceedings and uh, benefit from that fast-paced confidential negotiation. Um, what we're seeing in France right now is, um, I think, a, a progressive uh, turnover toward uh, the use of prepacked. Um, right now, I think we're having still the consequences of COVID. Uh, and so we're still seeing a lot of uh, receivership and liquidation proceedings. Um, but where the prepack is interesting actually is um, wh where you can 
agree on a plan, set a plan really quickly and um, do not uh, like do not suffer from the really detrimental uh, duration and cost um, of a usual insolvency proceeding, which can be really lengthy and uh, like in fine, really detrimental to all creditors. Um, so, yeah. That's that's really fascinating, Emily. Thank you ever so much. It's it's quite interesting because I can hear I can as as, as you're describing the sort of accelerated uh, process. I was thinking very much that it's it's um, not dissimilar to what we would describe in the UK as a as a post pack, which is where you kind of uh, you do your transaction, your pre pack transaction, but then you have a a period post transaction effectively where uh, you can you, you, effectively your transaction is a bit like a stalking horse, and you can uh, find another bidder who would pay more. Um, like e easy in theory, very difficult in practice, but it sounds like the procedure overcomes many of those challenges. Um, yeah, it does. And if, if I can just add a last point, and that's mm. that's why it's interesting, um, is that in, in case of prepacks, the court the court has um, once your in, uh, in in the, the the insolvency proceeding has been opened, you actually benefit from um, the the bidding the public bidding period that's opened by the court, because um, the court sets a really short strong deadline, meaning that any public bidder can only um, add can only uh, propose new bids not before eight days, like at least eight days before the, the hearing to hear the bids. So they have a really short time frame of a few weeks, like four to five weeks maximum, um, which is obviously not enough um, compared to what the, the preferred bid uh, is usually. So that's really interesting. Brilliant. Sure. Is. Thanks so much, Emily. Um, Nigel, um, last but not least, Singapore, um, could you talk us through what you're currently seeing um, and, and and I suppose how are there any trends in terms of use of prepacks? Sure, Ben. Thanks. So, as you know, at the heart of the uh, restructuring regime in Singapore lies the scheme of arrangement. And this is really a two step process to first seek directions from court to run the restructuring process and then to subsequently seek the approval of that scheme where adopted by a scheme meeting. So the prepack is useful in the sense that we look to cut out the first stage, which, is, which can result in savings in costs and time. And what we've seen so far is that the prepack generally works for distressed companies which uh, have a relatively small pool of creditors since of course you know the debtor will need to actually socialize its uh, restructuring plan with creditors it, it also works in a case where there's a clear class of creditors and we can avoid classification issues because as you know as you can expect uh, the court will want to ascertain that creditors are properly classed and that their rights have been uh, properly treated the um, prepack so far um, is actually also a preferred approach where a debtor company uh, has no difficulty providing material information. Uh, in a recent case, we, we had a situation where a debtor was unable to provide certain uh, material information because of confidentiality obligations. And that actually was uh, fatal to the prepack. But in an, a case where obviously the company is able to share material details, uh, that would be a, a good suitable case. We've also seen the prepack work in cases where uh, the debtor is proactive and is able to actually pro progress the uh, discussions with creditors uh, quickly in a short period of time uh, and to avoid uh, difficulty of having creditors knock on their door with uh, potential writs and suits. 
because that would then entail parties running for a moratorium uh, and then having to propose a prepack subsequently. We've also had uh, prepacks uh, being considered for larger cases, quite interestingly, uh, in the case of a cyber, um, sorry, a cryptocurrency exchange, which was in a moratorium procedure, uh, was quite clear from an application in court that the company was considering a prepack with an administrative convenience class, which would capture low value creditors who were numbered of about 70,000. So that that's a, a departure from what we traditionally see as a, a suitable prepack for a small pool of creditors. And it remains to be seen if uh, that sort of approach can be picked up in a prepack process. Ben? Thanks. Thanks, Nigel. I mean, I, just, just, to, just to wrap up, I think it's absolutely fascinating hearing about, and I found this as part of the process when we pulled together the special reports on prepacks, just the very different approaches that um, each of our jurisdictions have taken to achieve, you know, what is fundamentally quite, a, you know, a, a, a way of delivering maximum value for creditors in a in a sort of uh, as as transparent a way as possible. Um, and, I, and I do hope um, that if you've joined us and listened to this podcast, you've enjoyed it. Um, many thanks to my colleagues, Christopher, Andrea, um, Emily and Nigel. And um, thank you ever so much for, for listening. Mm-hmm.